Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in their new facility in Eagle Mountain, Utah. At Shouts of Grace, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. Man, we are so blessed that you could join us today and taking time out of your day um, to um, walk with us through uh, Scripture, through the Bible, through different topics that we talk about here on Shouts of Grace that affect uh, our family, uh, us personally, um, nation, our our ideology, our worldview, all of it. And so um, because of that, we have about 180-so episodes, almost almost five years worth or four years worth. Uh, if you want to listen to any of those past broadcasts, you can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com and there enjoy yourself, kind of take a tour. Maybe um, we're on the podcast as far as um, all the all the podcasts. I, I, I don't handle the, the podcast part, and so I couldn't even tell you how it works. But those of you that are podcast knowledgeable, just go check it out, Shouts of Grace Radio, and you will find it on all of the different platforms. And so if you are a first-time listener here, we want to say welcome and um, hope that you and hope that you enjoy uh, the program, and, and and let you know that uh, Shouts of Grace is really centered around uh, biblical discussions, where we bring different pastors on um, from some from Utah, where where the program uh, records, as well as those from out of state, and sometimes those even in different countries. And so um, some of them are, are friends of mine, some of them I meet for the first time. But anyway, today we have um, a longtime friend, um, Louis Cruzado of Calvary Chapel, Denver, and he is not in studio. He's actually on uh, the phone in Zoom. And so how are you doing, my brother? Doing great, man. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. We uh, The program typically airs on, on the weekend, Saturdays and Sundays, but the radio station has been, because of you, the listeners, um, uh, enjoying it has moved it also to the weekdays um, on Wednesdays. And so um, that's kind of expanding. And so we hope you guys uh, take advantage of that as well. T- today, what I wanted to do, uh, Louis, is I wanted to talk about something that, that's going to be pretty close to the heart of, of all of us, um, particularly those of us in ministry. But but just with with all of the just hatred, I don't know, no other way I can put it, with all the hatred and the disdain and the division that we've just experienced over the last two years, it has really kind of exposed the the heart and character of a nation, you know, and we're just really having a hard time even liking each other who disagree with us. You know, I want to turn to something in scripture and, and um, it's, it's in Ephesians chapter four. And I want to talk about this and kind of throw the ball into your court because, you know, this is this is something that's difficult. Um, and, and I want people to kind of hear, you know, how it is that God's word can say this, how it would apply in a different in a time like this and how we could be successful at living this out. So in Ephesians chapter four, um, in starting in verse um, 31, it says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgave you. Now, I, I, I can imagine, you know, the the spiritual or the the cultural landscape under which this was written, because it seems to be an encouragement to say, hey, wh- whenever you see words like "be kind to one another" and "be tender-hearted." usually behind the scene is there's people that aren't being kind and they're not being tenderhearted. And it's kind of an encouragement like, hey, let's get this in, in, in order and intact where it's supposed to be. So so from this, as you, as you look at this, you know, applying this to to where we're at today, um, 
this is difficult, brother. This is really hard. And I'm sure you're seeing what I'm seeing. People are having a hard time living this out. So, so kind of kick this off for us. What, what's being said here? How in the world do we even start to, to peel this back to where we can say, man, we're being faithful to God in this command because this is just not what we're seeing today. Not what we're seeing within the church, not just the world, but I'm talking about the church. How, how, would, you, how would you start to even tackle this? I think there's a distinction that, that Paul's trying to make between the believer, the unbeliever, uh, walking in the spirit, not the flesh, walking in the new man that we've been created in, in Christ Jesus, this idea of, um, of leaving the flesh behind and walking in the spirit. And so, you know, he's exhorting the, the church in, in uh, Ephesus there to, to, to walk in that newness, that there's a distinction that there should be in the life of the believer, and that's love. And the very next chapter, he kind of goes into that. And, um, but right there, I think it's one of the things that infiltrates the heart of all man, and that's being disgruntled with people and, and how we deal with people, our perspective of people, our attitudes towards people. And, and so Paul nails something on the head right there. He says, man, guard your heart because once bitterness comes in, once that's in your heart, wrath and anger, man, that's, that's all sorts of evil come from that. And, and I like what he says in verse 32, you know, just be kind-hearted, uh, forgiving, even as God and Christ forgave you. And that's the distinction, the contrast that he's making, our relationship with the Lord and then our relationship with our fellow man. Yeah, I want to I want to unpack that that last part a little bit more. But just this this idea of bitterness, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. Where does bitterness come from? Like, you know, is it just, you know, if you, if you were to say, you know, if you were to say, hey, brother, hey, sister, I think... I think you become really bitter. Like, where does that even come from? Yeah. Well, I, I think, you know, in, in, in life, uh, circumstances of life have a way of affecting us. And I think specifically with bitterness, um, it's something that we have towards an individual or a group of people. And, um, and I think that's built over time with resentment, frustration, anger, hurt, pain, sufferings. I, I think there's a lot of things that can attribute to bitterness and all those things combined, what it does, it becomes a, a big pot in someone's life and their heart. And as all those things, ingredients are added to there, it becomes this pot of bitterness and resentment towards someone. Hmm. I think it's, I, um, I, I think it's interesting that the Bible actually, when it comes to bitterness, um, it, it talks about seeing that no one falls short of the grace of God and that um, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, and that no uh, bitterness springs up and causes trouble and through it defiles many. It's interesting that the Bible describes bitterness as something that's almost like a weed that doesn't stay put in the place it originated. Talk, talk about your experience with that as you look out within the church that bitterness never stays with the host. <laughs> it's like COVID. Right. It just spreads everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really does. You know, what, what happens is whatever you're pouring into you is going to come out of you and whatever comes out of you is going to affect the people around you. And so it's, it's impossible to, to contain bitterness um, unless you're walking in the spirit and it's something that you're learning and, and willing to, to work through and, and, and allow the Lord to work in your life. And so what happens is bitterness begins to be, be brewed up in your heart, in your mind, and then it spews over to everybody around you, your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, your neighbors, the people you're driving around when you're driving, it just spews out of your life. And, uh, and that's what happens with bitterness, man. It just goes, it goes deeper, wider, farther than you can ever imagine. Yeah. When you, I, I've seen that happen in, in churches when people, you know, I, and, and it's funny because I think, I think bitterness 
at the at the at, at the nucleus of bitterness is really self if you think about it right something happened where and, and it doesn't even have to be that that what happened um, and your perception of what happened is is necessarily wrong you could be absolutely right about it but bitterness just has self attached to it where you didn't get the reaction you wanted you didn't get something that yourself wanted and it just took off from there and and I think what's interesting is I've seen this in churches where bitterness you know a pastor makes a decision or does something and bitterness you know roots with one and then it jumps in and before you know it you look in the pews and it's like man there's like 30 people that have been affected and impacted by one person's willingness to not kill self and self just kind of mutates into this ugly rancid thing that affects the heart called bitterness it spreads out and churches churches divide over stuff because because of this right talk Talk about the importance of when when something happens that isn't you know it, it's it hurts and it's talk about the importance of dying to yourself and trusting God and what that can produce as opposed to choosing the other route that says I'm going to stand up for self I'm going to promote self and I'm just going to handle this you know I think I think that the challenge um, with with bitterness is that often, oftentimes the original source of pain or suffering might even be justified. Mm. You know, you've been wronged. So someone mistreated you, someone mm. harmed you, someone backstabbed you, someone gossiped about you, you name it. And, and then maybe that even be, has become a pattern and, um, and there's hurt feelings and you're justified in your hurt. You're justified in your pain. You're justified in that. That's right. We look at it scripturally and you can stand on that. But what happens after that is we, we come to a crossroad in our life where we have to choose, what am I going to do with this emotion, feeling, and pain? And, and oftentimes what happens is resentment towards an individual um, begins to form and then it begins to grow. And if it's not dealt with early, kind of like your weeds in your backyard, it just starts to spread in other parts of your life, other parts of your mind, other parts mm-hmm. of your heart. And, um, and so the only way to combat that, the only way to deal with it is to slowly go in and, and uproot that area of bitterness or resentment or hurt that you have. And the only one we can take it to that, that would ever bring any kind of solution is the Lord. We, we go to him with it. We lay it at the foot of the cross. We take the truth of what they've done to us to the foot of the cross. We realize that we have offended God greatly. And it's only because of his mercy, grace, and love towards us that we receive his forgiveness. And then we try to put it in the right perspective with us and the Lord and then us and the people around us. Yeah. There's a couple of things I want to, I want to talk, I, I want to talk about that, the kindness and the tenderheartedness after, after the break, but before the break, I just want to touch on something that's, that's clear here. When he talks about bitterness, it's interesting that he lumps wrath, anger, clamor, and slander with it. So it's bitterness. It doesn't just live on its own. It has friends <laughs> and they, and it's an unholy congregation where you'll always see, you know, if, if a lot of times people, particularly in church, we, we kind of know how to play the, the language game. Oh, you know, you just be careful. You're not bitter, but, but how do you do, how would you, how would you, um, you know, identify bitterness? Well, it never is by itself. There's always an angry heart. There's always a heart that has um, clamor and there's wrath, there's slander towards others and stuff. It never lives by itself. And so I think when you identify bitterness, understand the family it hangs out with. And and I think you'll be able to see it a lot clearer. Like, wow, this is bitterness, you know? Um, it's it's almost, think, go ahead. 
I was going to say, I think too, what happens is bitterness in and of itself, there's, there's really no way to know if someone's bitter because typically it's a personal thing in their mind, mm. their heart. But what happens is over time, it begins to spew out and it, mm. that's how it spews out through the wrath, through the mm. anger, that's through good. the evil speaking of people. And I think that becomes the evidence of that, mm. which someone's been harboring in their life. That's the fruit that will eventually come out of them if mm. it's not dealt with right away. Yeah, that's good. It's like when somebody's pregnant with a child you don't you don't know what <laughs> you don't know if it's a boy or it's a girl or whatever you just see wow they're they're getting bigger and i think bitterness like that you just said is perfect i think sometimes you can you can spot it but you just can't name it you just don't know what you know quote unquote sex it is it needs to grow and the more it grows it becomes obvious okay wow this th- this person's pregnant and and then once it's de- once it delivers you're like ha now we see it. This is like really, really bad. And so with Louis, what, you know, a lot of times, you know, we, we see in scripture, it says, you know, what not to do. And so here, you know, it says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Let these things be put away from you. But, but then there's times like where it tells us what to do, like what, what to put on. And we want to focus on that too. So I want to look at the last part of this on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We will be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill or Pastor Steve, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. That's rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo. And Key Radio can be found online at keyradio.org. Now let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's broadcast. Welcome back to the program. I have a good friend, um, not in studio today, but on Zoom studio online. Um, and we are talking, Louis Cruzado from, um, from Calvary Chapel, um, uh, Denver. And we are talking before the break about Ephesians chapter four um, from about verse 31, um, verse 31 and 32. And so Louis, we were just talking about this idea of bitterness and, and, and what we're to put off. But, but now it says in verse 32, but be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgives you. I want to reverse engineer that for a second and go to the back end of that. Forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Talk about that as it relates to the first part of this. So forgiving one another as God has forgiven you. What would you say to the people that are listening out why that's so important? I think that the principle that that oftentimes that 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 we have is the people that offended us or hurt us are 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 held to a different standard than the standard that God holds us to, mm. and um and so I think the principle that we get from the ministry of Jesus that we get throughout Acts that we get throughout the epistles is this idea of God knew us at our worst and still loved us and sent His Son to die for us. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful, no matter what we've done to forgive us. And, and so there's this aspect of realizing that we're undeserving of God's forgiveness, but because of his love, he forgives us anyways. And so there's this aspect of being a child of God, a representative of God, a, a, a follower, disciple of Jesus, that this ought to be in the life of the believer, um, this idea of forgiveness. And, and I think there's, I think part of the problem with people when it comes to forgiveness, I think they have a difficulty with forgiveness because they, they, they don't understand forgiveness of itself. They think forgiveness is forgetfulness, um, you know, forgive and forget. There's that saying. And, um, and I, think, I think there's a misunderstanding when it comes to forgiveness. But forgiveness is simply taking the wrong that they've done against you and taking it to the foot of the cross where your sin lies. 
realizing they may not be deserving of forgiveness, but forgiveness is something that God extends because of his love and his mercy that he gives to us. You talk about forgiveness and forgetfulness. That's, that's interesting because if, you know, if I'm, if I've been hurt, if I've been scarred and somebody close to me wounded me deeply, you know, and I hear you say, well, you know, um, you, you need, you need to forgive. In, in my mind, I could easily go to, well, if, if, if you say I need to forgive, does that mean that they're off the hook? Because I think that's a lot of times the thing, the hardest thing people have is, wait a minute, this person did this and you want me to just let them off the hook. You know, talk about that mentality that is very easily for any of us to slip into. So they get away with it. They get to do what they want. They're free. You know, talk, talk, talk about that as it relates to forgiveness. Right. Well, I think there's a couple of important things when it, when it comes to that aspect of it. I, th- I think the first aspect of it is, is God never expects us to forget because we can't. God created us with the memory. God created us with the mind. God created us with the ability to hold uh, past events in our life. So when someone does us wrong, um, that's not going to go away. And so part of the forgiveness, I think it happens in two stages. I think it happens in the moment where you choose to forgive them. And then when that thought of what happened in the past comes up again, becomes the opportunity to say, I'm going to release this to the Lord and I'm not going to hold it against them. So I think there's this ongoing aspect of discipline that says either I'm not going to allow, allow that, mind, that thought to even cross my mind. And I'm going to seek to push it away. But when it does come, I still take it to, to, to the foot of the cross. I think the other aspect is one that you mentioned when it comes to forgiveness is, well, are they off the hook? Um, And I remember someone describing bitterness this way. Bitterness is the poison that you drink wishing harm to someone else. Mm. And, and, and so bitterness, what it does to you, it ruins you. It soils all that's good from the Lord in your life. So forgiveness becomes a place of releasing these things that, that often will taint us, our minds, our own hearts. It it, it damages what God wants to do. And when we come to a place of forgiveness, it releases that harm and it gives it to the Lord. And, and ultimately there are times when people may be sorry for what they've done to us. And there's going to be times that they're not. I believe that there's an aspect of forgiveness where we take the wrong that they've done to us and we still take it to the cross and we release their wrong to the Lord. And I think the only way we can possibly do that is when we put ourselves before us and the Lord alone and realize, you know, we're not worthy of his love and forgiveness they may not be worthy of your love and forgiveness, but we do so anyways, because that's what God asks and God commands. Yeah. In fact, that's actually exactly what the very last words of that are saying is that the, the core, the, the thing that undergirds forgiveness isn't the severity of what is done. And, and you know, something's more severe, so I can't forgive. It, it's, not, it's not the idea that, you know, they're worthy of it. it. It really, what undergirds forgiveness is one thing. You've been forgiven. Right. And, and, and so I think if, if a person understands, usually, I mean, people can be hurt and people can be emotional and they react emotionally, but usually when the emotion's clear and they think spiritually, usually where they'll be led to is how can I not forgive after all that I've been forgiven of? Again, as you said, that doesn't give a pass, but, but the, the truth is, and when you look at the, when you look at the parable that Jesus talks about the servant who owed a little and the servant who owed so much, right? And, and, and the, the, the master forgave the one, and then he went out and choked out somebody for just a fraction of what was owed to him. The, the heart of God is expressed on the back end of that, where it's like, hey, I forgave you. In other words, you're, the, the basis of your forgiveness had nothing to do 
with what I did for you. Instead, you went out and just portrayed something completely different and, and he paid for it in the end. And, and so, you know, somebody once told me, and, and, and I believe this, he said, you know, forgiveness of a person really has nothing to do um, with anything other than what God forgave you of. Now, you can forgive somebody, but restoration um, looks a little different, right? Restoration, or, you know, you might say, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, let's say you have, you know, uh, marital unfaithfulness or something like that. There's some people that can't get past that. So, so when you're talking about the restoration of a of a relationship, it, it has nothing. Or a, a dad does something, you know, unspeakable when a kid's younger. It has nothing to do with the act because you're forgiving on the basis of you being forgiven. But you may never be restored because the the act may be so great that it's it's difficult, impossible for you to get past, right? And so, you know, talk about that the 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 misunderstanding that people have that sometimes somehow if if I forgive somebody, um, then that means I have to be friends, everything's washed away, and I just can't do that. Therefore, I must not be forgiving. <laughs> right? Yeah, forgiveness does not mean that that your guys are going to be best friends and everything's going to be great. You know, Amos three three says, "How can two walk together unless they're in agreement?" And so there's definitely an aspect of two people have to be in agreement to be in relationship. And, um, and so just because you're not in relationship doesn't mean there can't be forgiveness or can be. Um, we also realize that, that there's aspects of, of relationship that there's pain caused and it's severed. It's, it's, it's jagged. It's not a sharp cut. And so there's all this, it's been torn. And when something's been torn, it's virtually impossible to put that back together. Now yeah. the Lord can do that but it really takes a supernatural work and a willingness on both parts. Yeah. Um, I think relationships too are, it's a privilege to have relationships with people. And when someone takes advantage and they cause damage to it, they lose that right to that privilege. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think that we, we want to have a right balance. Um, I think, you know, being cordial and respectful to people that have hurt us, even once we've forgiven them, it's good. Um, but by, by no means do you have to uh, be as close as you once were or have to be with them all the time. That's not what forgiveness is. Yeah. And um, I think sometimes people misunderstand that as well, thinking now we have to pretend everything is fine right. when that's not the case. Right. And I, I look at it like there's forgiveness, there's reconciliation and restoration. Forgiveness is something that happens because you know what you've been forgiven of. Reconciliation is something when two parties come together and they realize there's harm that's been done here. Maybe there's mutual confession, there's listening. And in reconciliation, you still might not have restoration, but at least there's this there's this bonding that says, okay, we understand each other. Maybe we don't agree with each other, or maybe we understand we've been hurt, but we can go on from here and and we can, you know, we 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 can have some element of a relationship this side of heaven. Restoration, though, is something very different. It's when God actually takes and moves beyond the reconciliation and trust is regained and it's actually restored back to, you know, what it was or even better than before. And so everybody looks, I think they misunderstand that if, if restoration isn't there, that maybe forgiveness is absent either, is, is, is absent also. I think you said it great is no, you know, our hope would be that in any kind of a, of a, a relational breakdown, that at least reconciliation could happen because we've been reconciled to God. So let's at least try to be reconciled to each other, but let's not also be naive and think that, wow, that means that we need to be best friends again and hang out or whatever. And I think, you, you know, you see this in a lot of different relationships. Um, um, we're, man, we're out of time, dude, for, for this, uh, for this episode. I love, I, I love having you on. 
Um, and so I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that you, that you get on again in the next, in the next two, two or three months, man. Thanks for, thanks for being here, brother. I appreciate it. You bet. Absolutely. These are great topics to bring up. I think majority of Christians and believers, these are, these are normal things we all go through and work through. And so important things for us to, to consider. Amen. Well, you're listening to shouts of grace. We are out of time for this episode. Hope that you join us next time. God bless you. And may the Lord richly pour his spirit into your life. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio with Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope you've been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If you've been encouraged in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Eagle Mountain, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us here at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ.